It's another great day for wellness. And this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, uh, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And Pax, happy new year to you. It is officially 2022, which means the holiday parties are over. Uh, You should be not indulging in that type of behavior anymore. You should be eating healthy again. You should be exercising in the gloom. And hopefully kicking off 2022 with a bang. And if you haven't quite posted yet, uh, what are you waiting on? Get out there. Let's do this. Uh, in many regions, I know it's cold. And uh, kudos to you guys who are out there really just uh, hitting it hard, especially in those zero degree or negative temperatures. Uh, I think that's a great testament to your commitment to F3 and really kind of inspire all of us to do a little bit better. So I want to just say, you know, I'm excited about 2022 for a variety of reasons uh, and just in my own personal life and professional life and, and really where it's going to go. But important, uh, I'm also excited about the podcast and the guests that we have lined up already who are going to be sharing some amazing information in the upcoming weeks and months. And so I can't wait for you guys to hear these uh, high impact men. Uh, share what they have going on, uh, whether it's a health transformation or just great content around health and nutrition. You guys are really going to benefit from it. Uh, But to kick off the year, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I I wanted to take a few moments and just give you guys a sneak peek uh, under the hood, if you will, of kind of what makes me tick, of what I use personally from a strategy standpoint, day to day, week to week, month to month for my own health. And I want to do that just because uh, I get questions about it all the time. I get people asking me, well, what is it that you do? How do you eat? How do you exercise? How do you sleep? What are the strategies? And although I share a lot of tips uh, through the COT podcast, I, of course, don't do all of them. And, And there's ones that I do really gravitate towards and some that I don't personally use, but hopefully it's a benefit to somebody out there and maybe they use that. So I wanted to kick off 2022 with a sharing some of my health goals, because uh, I think that's important to be held accountable for what you want to achieve. So I'm going to do that here publicly. So those of you can, uh, that know me or even that don't know me, but can reach out to me and let me know that, uh, you're going to hold me accountable so that I step up to the plate and, and do those things. But I also um, just kind of wanted to share with you what I do on a strategy day-to-day basis. And, and people ask, you know, what that is. So I figured, well, why don't I just share that? And before I do, I do just want to make sure I, I leave this disclaimer. And it's this. 
I am certainly not perfect. And there's a lot of things I don't do right. And I'm not proclaiming any of the things that I'm doing is something you should absolutely do. And I'm just sharing what I personally do. It works for me. And I'm open for uh, recommendations for changes. And hopefully maybe some of the things I share about what I do daily will inspire some of you out there who are thinking about implementing certain habits in their lifestyle, uh, to, to gravitate towards. And, and so really that's kind of what I want to make sure you guys know is I'm not sharing it because I think I'm an expert and I think everybody should do it, but I just, A, want to be vulnerable and let you know kind of what I do, um, because I get asked a lot and, if it can help somebody, great, and, and let them kind of be inspired to do some other things. I also want to make sure I'm very clear that none of the things I am saying is medical advice, that every single one of you are unique. You all have your health uh, challenges and obstacles, and uh, I do not uh, want you to take what I tell you that I do as an instruction to go do it yourself. And so in any case, just want to make that clear and have that disclaimer before we get started. So I have been working on my health for a long time. Uh, I think I shared in the pilot episode for those that heard it. Uh, I was not always in health. I was not always somebody who valued being healthy and, and health came a little more easier, uh, like it does to most of us in my early years, you know, teenage years and high school and even early college. I didn't really struggle with health because just I was young and I was uh, energetic and athletic and, and moved around a lot. So I got away with a lot of things. But having said that, eventually that caught up with me. And I shared that I had that aha moment when I was laying on the floor of my friend's apartment, not able to button my own pants. And then I felt miserable and terrible and I had high blood pressure and I was 30 pounds overweight. And I just was heading in that wrong direction and I decided that I needed to do something different. And I started learning about health and nutrition. I started learning about strategies that people were doing. And I took one step at a time. And it has been a, my, a, a long journey, really. It was not a sprint. There are certain things that I've tried to implement over and over again uh, with a lot of failure. And every time I re-implement it, I get a little bit better. And then there's things that just don't stick and I just don't do. So with all that said, I've kindly, I finally kind of got to a point where I feel pretty good on a daily basis. I feel like I'm doing a lot of the right things and I want to continue to do those. But I also recognize that there's things that I can grow on and, and improve upon and challenge myself with. And, and that's what I want to do as well. So I kind of thought maybe the first and easiest thing for me to do is just kind of walk through what does a typical day look like for me from a, a schedule standpoint and, and kind of what I'm doing uh, throughout the day. And again, remember, uh, I'm a 80-20 guy, meaning I don't do this every single day. Monday through Friday is kind of the way I look at my week. I look at Monday through Friday, and then I look at the weekend as a separate entity, if you will. So Monday through Friday, I have some rules and regulations and things that guardrails, I guess is a better word, that keep me going. And then I really try to allow myself a lot of flexibility and freedom on Saturday and Sunday. And not that I always take advantage of that, and meaning that I still may make some really good decisions on those days when it comes to health and nutrition, but I'm also not being stringent about them so that, you know, I, I live life and enjoy it and, and do the things I want to do. So 
I start my mornings every morning at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. is a very specific time because I want to cram, cram might be the wrong word, but I want to utilize some quiet time before I get going for the day. And in my region where I typically post, most of our workouts start around 5 a.m. to 5.15. Uh, That's kind of pretty much uh, any day of the week around that time frame is when I need to be posting, which means if I want to get up, have a chance to hydrate myself, maybe use the restroom and have some quiet time, I needed some runway before 5 a.m. And so I had to back up my schedule to that 4 a.m. time frame. So 4 a.m., I get up, and uh, the first thing I do, as I shared with many, many people before, is I drink a big glass of water. I find that um, it's uh, exhilarating, it's energetic, and frankly, I'm just dehydrated. So I find that that's what I do. Now, simultaneously, I'm putting in my Keurig, and I'm brewing a cup of black coffee. I use a Keurig machine because it's just easy to use. I use a little cup and I drink an eight ounce glass or cup of black coffee. So that will brew while I'm drinking my water. And I'm a big fan of uh, relaxing music. So I'll throw on my headphones, throw on, uh, turn on Spotify, and I usually pick something like a piano or piano in the background type of song choice and allow that to play as I grab my phone to open up an app, which I use to do some spiritual reading and quiet time. And so I allow that process just to to happen. I talked about the importance of quiet time. I find that that's my opportunity to reflect, to think about the day, and then kind of prepare myself uh, for going out and doing what I need to do. So by the time I'm done with my water, uh, my coffee's about ready. I will take that and um, continue to do with my quiet time. And this is also when I utilize my five-minute journal. And I mentioned that in our previous podcast where it prompts me to do some gratitude. It prompts me to do some affirmations. It prompts me to kind of plan for the day. And I kind of use that tool to do that. And then if I have any additional time after that, I may do some additional reading, uh, meditation, prayer, whatever that might be. And so about 5 a.m., depending on the workout, I'll head out the door and and go post in the gloom. So what does my posting schedule typically look like? I do try to mix it up throughout the week. I try not to go to a same type of AO every single day where we're doing the same type of exercises. I know that's not always an option for many people across the nation where maybe they don't have an AO every day or they only have a couple AOs. And that's, you know, that's okay. But for us, where I live, we have multiple options, multiple days. So I, I do something on Mondays more like a boot camp, a boot camp slash maybe a higher intensity boot camp where there's a lot of running. Uh, these AOs will average anywhere from three and a half to five miles in the boot camp. So it's a little bit more higher intensity. I don't always do that style, but that is one of those things that I consistently try to hit first thing on a Monday morning. Tuesdays, I choose to do some kind of weighted exercise. So in my region, we use kettlebells and cinder blocks. I'll go to a a workout that operates that way, or I'll do like a ruck workout where, you know, we're carrying the rucksacks, we're doing the sandbags, um, some of that. 
kind of depends on what I'm training for. If I, if I have a GTE coming up or some other ruck event, I may be hitting the ruck events a little bit more often. Uh, but if not, you know, the kettlebell workout slash block workout is a nice mix into my workout regime that adds resistance training, adds weight, uh, keeps the miles low as far as kind of running, and it, it mixes it up for me pretty well. Wednesday, again, I'm back at a more traditional boot camp, typically something with a little less miles, maybe more reps, you know, and, and something in that uh, capacity. Thursdays, I currently am plugged in on a third F opportunity. Uh, I'm going th- with a group of men through some scripture and some spiritual growth. So we do that on Thursday mornings at 5.15. So that kind of replaces my F3 boot camp or F3 workout. Now, what I will typically do in addition to that third F is then I will probably exercise on my own later that day. And that could be a variety of things. It could be a run. It could be a walk with the dog. It could be going to the local gym with my 2.0s, kind of getting into some of that. And just kind of do something different than an actual posted F3. And then Friday, I round up the week with another uh, boot camp style uh, exercise or a run. Uh, it kind of just depends on the season. I have two options that I like to use. One is that boot camp style. And one is more of a just a run AO where you're going to hit five, six, seven miles, depending on your pace um, in that run time frame. And then that's it for me for the week. I I do not typically do any type of posting on Saturdays or Sunday. I mean, on a rare occasion, there's a special convergence. There's something like that. I just don't do it. Again, that's kind of my, how I think, keep things sane. I do the Monday through Friday rigid. And then I really allow that Saturday and Sunday to be really fluid to do whatever I want to do. Now, that doesn't mean I don't exercise. I may go for a run. I may go for a walk. I may go to the gym with my son. But in any case, all that to say that Saturdays are, are, are sometimes an exercise, sometimes not. I'm a big fan of rest. I think uh, sometimes we overdo it. And if we're exercising at high capacity, at high intensity in our workouts throughout the week, we don't have to do that every single day. So I personally choose to take off those weekends as far as exercise goes. Obviously, that was a lot of first F. I kind of sprinkled in a third F there on Thursdays. The other thing I do is I do a shield lock after my workout on Tuesdays. For that second hour, my schedule allows kind of an extended morning. So I do a shield lock, so it allows some more second and third F there. And then on Fridays after my workout, I'm part of another third F opportunity. So I really find that it's important on a weekly basis to hit not only the first, but the second and third F a couple times throughout the week. It really rounds out my opportunity to connect with people allows that spiritual growth and just overall health, right? I mean, that's what I'm kind of going for is that friendship and that accountability. And you get a lot of that through that second and third F opportunities. I do frequent a monthly second F happy hour uh, once a month. So that's kind of another opportunity that I sprinkle in with my second F. So that's kind of my posting schedule, what I do on a weekly basis. And again, most of that's occurring 5, 5.15 in the morning. And then I'm wrapping things up around 6, 6.30, 7 on some of those later mornings, depending on if I'm doubling down. After I work out, most of my workouts, I drink a small glass of water with an amino acid mix in it. A lot of times people talk about protein powders or recovery drinks. 
people ask me what I use. I use a little amino acid mix that I use with, you know, eight ounces, 10 ounces of water. And the reason I use amino acids is a couple of reasons. One is just the, the most simplest form of the building blocks of protein. It's a lot of research shows that they work really well at repairing your muscle, helping you build muscle. I also use it because of the caloric uh, intake it entails. I think there's only five calories in this little mix. And for most of you, um, you may know that I practice intermittent fasting on a pretty consistent basis. So I needed something that if I wanted to drink something that allowed a little bit of recovery, I didn't want it to break my fast. And a lot of times these protein powders and of course eating something, all those things will do that. And that would just sabotage what I'm trying to do with my intermittent fasting. So I've chosen to do an amino acid mix most mornings. Uh, after that, Amino acid mix, if I'm going to a cafeteria or something, I'll usually get a second cup of black coffee at that time. If I'm going to my office, I usually wait till I get to my office and drink that second eight ounce cup of black coffee as far as kind of my scheduling goes. And then if, you know, I, after my workout, before I go to work, for instance, or when I'm done for the morning, I'm a big fan of getting in the shower and, 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 and getting that stuff off me. Now, I have shared in the past as well, I take sh cold showers. I found that for me, that works really well at a lot of things. It gives me energy. It, uh, there's research behind weight loss. When it's hitting the brown fat in your body, it stimulates fat loss. It builds grit. It builds uh, resiliency. And I just find that it's just something I do really well with. Uh, no, I don't like getting in the cold shower before I get into it. Uh, I never really love it, but once, once I'm in it and once I complete it, I'm so grateful that I've done it. And that's kind of like posting. Of course, uh, you guys have probably all can relate to that where you've gone exercise, didn't want to go, but then you went and, and you love the fact that you did. So that's me with cold showers. I don't always start with the water cold. However, on many instances, especially if it's really cold outside and I just came back in from the cold, I may heat the shower up. I may start with a warm shower, you know, clean my body with warm water and wash my hair and whatever, but then force myself to turn down the temperature to that cold water for the last few minutes of that shower if I didn't start out with that. So that is something I do. Again, I do that religiously Monday through Thursday. So or excuse me, Monday through Friday. So I will allow myself on a Saturday or Sunday, if I'm just feeling like not pushing myself to that limit, I'll just take a hot shower and be done with it. Um, so I will mix that in on the weekends. But Monday through Friday, if I'm in the shower, I force myself to turn it cold at some point during that shower for at least a few minutes, if not the whole shower the whole time. So... I don't eat anything during the day until around lunchtime. And lunchtime for me usually is around 12.30 to 2 p.m. So sometime during that time frame. If I have the opportunity to eat at 12.30, I will. That's not always an opportunity. So sometimes I find myself having to wait till 1.30 or 2. And I'm usually good with that. I'm drinking water uh, most of the morning. Uh, if I do feel hunger pains, I you know, speaking of that, I will feel hunger pains. Uh, it is not something that I just feel amazing every morning and I never want to eat something. That's, that's not the case. Now there are some mornings that is the case, 
but that's not a rule of thumb. A lot of times I will be struggling with wanting to eat something before noon, but I choose not to, and I always make it and glad that I don't indulge prior to that. So that's what I do. I wait till lunchtime to eat, and then that kind of opens my feeding window. And I allow myself a noon to 8 p.m. feeding window. So anytime afternoon, I will allow myself to eat something if I want. Now, I don't typically eat anything outside of my lunch and then my dinner later on. But if I do find myself wanting to snack on something or nibble on something, I don't beat myself over it. I, you know, I allow myself to do that. So speaking of that, I do have dinner at some point uh, later in the evening, 6.30 up to almost 8 o'clock. A lot of my, my, my kids are involved in some other activities. Sometimes we're not getting home and eating until closer to 8 o'clock, and that's okay. But typically I'm done by 8 p.m. and don't consume any additional food or calories after that. Uh, I may drink some water or something like that, but not, not indulging in any food after 8 p.m. After dinner... Almost every night, I will eat a piece of dark 85% chocolate. Yep, that's my weakness. I love chocolate. And so I have found some organic chocolate bars at 85% that I buy in bulk. And I keep it in the freezer. I keep a bar in the freezer at all time. And I will pick off four or five little pieces of that um, bar uh, to have as a quote-unquote dessert after my meal. It's just kind of my secret or my, my sinful little uh, after-dinner treat, and it just works for me. I like it, and that's what I do. It kind of keeps me away from the ice cream and the cookies and some of the other things that I would get in trouble with if I didn't have this little piece of chocolate. And so when I say every night, I mean every night. I mean, it's, it's almost like a religion with me. I do miss it on some occasions, but really, uh, even when I camp, when I go on vacation, I will travel with this 85% chocolate. That's just me. I love it and so forth. I turn in, I stop what I'm doing in the evenings close to around 9 p.m., 9.30 at the latest, depending on kind of how the evening's going. And I will go upstairs where I will prepare myself for bed and then kind of, you know, do some of those uh, nightly rituals as far as what, what I do. Now, my wife and I have decided, or we decided a long time ago, that we did not want electronics in our bedroom. So we do not have a television in our room. We don't allow our cell phones in our room. And we do that just to kind of protect the electronic magnetic field in our bedroom. Uh, we just know that that's disruptive to us. Those things emit sounds and noises and light that we don't want to contend with when we're trying to sleep. So we leave our cell phones downstairs away from our bed. And like I said, we don't have a television in our room. So when we go to our bedroom, it is all about winding down for the night. And we typically do that with a book. Uh, I have a book at my bedside at all time, and I will read a few pages prior to falling asleep. So a couple other things that I do to help me sleep and a couple sleep hacks that um, I have that really has helped other people as well is having the right temperature in my bedroom. So our house is, is two-story house, so our upstairs um, temperature is lowered every night to at least 68 degrees. Uh, maybe colder than that in the winter months when it's colder outside. But a minimum of 68, 67 degrees, I lower that at night. 
because research has shown that that's the ideal temperature to sleep in. That if it's too hot, you're not going to sleep well. So our thermostat around 7.30, 8 o'clock, if you will, will kick on upstairs, start to lower that bed, bedroom temperature so that when I get up there around 9, 9.30, it's about perfect uh, to start falling asleep. I also, next to my bed, my little alarm clock, if you will, also has a soother on it that you can dial in some different background noises. And so I'm a big fan of waves. I, turns on, I turn on ocean waves, so I listen to that at night. The other thing that we make sure our room is is completely dark. So our alarm clocks, for instance, don't emit a light. Uh, we don't have anything emitting, emitting light in our room. Uh, our shades are very blackout and dark. And I wear an eye mask at night. Uh, that was something I, I started doing several years ago when we were frequenting a condo at the beach with a light on the outside of our building. And it, I just found that it just helped me you know, stay in the dark. And so I just grew to love it and I wear it now religiously. So I wear an eye mask at night to help me with that. What else? I also find that listening to a little background music as I wind down for, for, for sleep is something I enjoy doing. So the, I guess the one electronic we do allow in our room and, and, and even though it does probably emit electricity, is we have one of those little Google Homes or minis in the bedroom. And I will ask Spotify to play like some kind of soothing music in the background um, on a timer for, you know, 20, 30, 45 minutes just to kind of wind me down, just allow me to kind of settle down, getting, getting sleepy and so that I fall asleep. I usually always fall asleep before the music stops playing. But it doesn't play all night so that if I happen to wake up in the middle of the night or something, I'm not disturbed by it or anything like that. And so I will read a book. Like I mentioned, I usually use a real book, nothing that's emitting light like an iPad or a phone or anything like that. And I typically read some kind of historical fiction. Uh, I found that you don't want to read anything too thrilling, but you don't want to read anything too boring. I find that if I can just read something that keeps my interest you know, usually I find myself after a few pages nodding off and having to put it down. If it's a real interesting chapter or two, I may have to force myself at 10 o'clock to put down the book. So that's kind of my window. I'll go to bed. If I'm still up and reading by 10 p.m., I will turn off the lights and force myself to go to sleep because, again, research shows that falling asleep by 10 p.m., is optimal with that circadian rhythm to maximize your sleep until 2 a.m. or later. So that's what I make sure I do. So I think that's basically what I'm doing in the bedroom. The last thing I do uh, on many, many nights, and I mentioned this on a previous tip, is I will use a small piece of tape across my lips. This forces me to nose breathe. Uh, I, by nature, want to open my mouth and breathe through my mouth. Uh, which can induce snoring and dry throat and shallow breathing. And I found that by just taping my mouth shut, it really just helps force my nasal or nose breathing. And that really allows me to wake up more refreshed. So I know it's weird sounding, but if you haven't tried it, you know, let me encourage you to try it. I think you, you might enjoy that. So anyway, that's my... Uh, oh, and, and, and in addition to reading at night, the last thing I do, and I mentioned it already on a previous tip or whatever is I will finish out my journaling for the day. So I use that five-minute journal. 
There's a couple prompts for you to do at the end of the day. I will do that as well um, as I'm kind of winding down for, for, for the evening. So that's kind of my day in the nutshell of what I'm doing and some of the health tips I'm using around sleep and around uh, my exercise schedule. A couple other things just to make note of, people ask all the time, do I take certain vitamins or supplements? Uh, and the answer is yes, I do. I will routinely blood test myself a few times a year just to kind of see where my levels are and how I'm doing. So I mentioned the amino acids already. I do that pretty consistently on a daily basis after I work out. The other thing I take pretty religiously uh, from a vitamin standpoint is something called desiccated organs. And I've mentioned this before. It's the idea of taking the strategy of eating an animal from nose to tail and instead of eating the liver, the heart, the spleen, and, and whatever, you can get it in a supplement form. So I mentioned I use a company called Heart and Soil and uh, use their products. And I use three different products on a daily basis. I use one called Beef Organs, and that's simply a bunch of organs of a cow, liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, and spleen. I use a second supplement called Heart of the Warrior, and that is uh, the liver and the heart of a cow. And lastly, I use a product called Whole Package, and that is, again, some liver, it's some blood, and it's some bovine testicle. So all that good stuff for invigoration of, of uh, my maleness, if you will. But uh, that's what I use from a supplement standpoint. In addition to those, I will use some magnesium at night. I use um, a powdered form uh, of magnesium. And I just kind of mix it in a very, very small little cup of water uh, to drink right before I go to bed. And magnesium is good for relaxation, um, to reduce stress in the mind and so forth. And then on occasion, I will take a couple drops of CBD oil. Uh, again, I don't use that religiously per se, but that is something in the evening that I will do. Now, you might be thinking, well, do you take vitamin D? Do you take zinc? Do you take vitamin C? Do you take all these other things? On occasion, I will. Um, certainly during the winter months, I may choose to add some of those other supplements in, especially during flu seasons or whatever. I have also uh, gone through some bout rounds of using um, quercetin and zinc combination um, because quercetin, like ivermectin and hydrochloroquine, for instance, are zinc ionifiers, and they help zinc get into your cell and help with viral um, destruction and stuff. And certainly in our day and age, that's an important thing to use. So I will use that on occasion as well. And then I will also use some vitamin D supplementation when and if my numbers are low. So like I mentioned, I test myself, see where they are. A lot of times I get plenty of that through my whole food and um, nutrition, my um, desiccated organs, because that's a complete source of those vitamins. And sometimes just doing that alone is enough for me to get all that I need. But uh, that's where testing is important. And I always tell people, don't guess with your health, test it. So again, I will mix in a couple of those other supplements, but not as consistently as I just do the desiccated organs, maybe a little magnesium at night, and then the amino acid mix after I exercise. So that's kind of my supplement game, if you will. I get asked a lot about alcohol 
And so I do drink. I think I've shared that before, um, maybe a little bit more than I need to. And that's part of my 2022 health goal. And I'll share that here in a minute. But uh, I drink red wine. I buy an Oh, I'm part of like a wine club, if you will, that I get sent to me. That's all an organic, low alcohol European wine. The name of the company that I use is called Dry Farm Wines, and they import it and then ship it to me on a monthly basis. And so I do have wine, um, but I usually use that um, that style of wine, something that's organic, something that is lower in alcohol content. And I just do better with it. So that's what I use um, as an alcohol uh, with wine. I enjoyed uh, other spirits like bourbon, uh, like vodka, vodka martinis or one of my go-tos uh, that I enjoy doing. And then I will drink beer. Uh, I don't drink beer often or I don't love drinking beer often just because of the way it makes me feel. But I'm one of those darker Imperial Stout guys. If I'm going to drink a beer, I'm going, I'm going full throttle, uh, 9% or higher. That's typically what I do if I'm going to do a beer. Uh, I rarely drink anything that's less than that uh, just because I just don't drink it very often. And so I figure if I'm going to drink it, I'm going to really enjoy the, the rich taste. And I've already told you I was a huge chocolate fiend. So a lot of those are mixed with bourbon and chocolate and coffee. Some of my favorite things. So I, I will use that you know, uh, on occasion, uh, as far as that goes, I drink mostly water throughout my day. We invested in a whole house filtration system for my home. So toilet water, shower water, laundry water, all of that is clean. Not that I drink out of any of those things, but the purpose is it does clean up our home's water. And then we do have a reverse osmosis point of service Uh, at our kitchen sink that we will utilize a lot for just everyday water. Now, the problem with reverse osmosis, somebody will say, is it strips the minerals out. Yes, it does. So this is when I sprinkle in my Himalayan sea salt. And I've mentioned that before. I will use Himalayan sea salt in my water throughout the day to replenish minerals and to kind of combat that whole um, reverse osmosis, stripping those things out. But it does strip out all the other crap, like the chlorine and the and the neighbor's medication and all the stuff that you find in city water. So that is something that um, you know we invested in as a family because we felt like that was just something healthy for us. Dietarily speaking, I mentioned I do the intermittent fasting, but uh, I'm a big protein fan. Uh, I, I eat a lot of meat. I, le- I eat a lot of red meat, honestly. I eat a lot of ribeye and lamb. I like those uh, two uh, type of foods. I will eat pork. I will eat chicken um, and, and fish. And so I do gravitate more to a protein-rich diet. I do believe vegetables and fruit have properties that are good for us. I just don't overly eat them. And I kind of follow some of that carnivore-ish style of eating. Now, I get that it's controversial, and I know some people um, only eat fruits and vegetables. And if you thrive on that, then go for it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. And that, that doesn't mean I avoid broccoli and asparagus. I love to eat that stuff, and I will eat that. And most days, I will have some of that with my dinner. But I don't find myself doing vegetarian meals and certainly not vegan meals. I just don't thrive on that. And so I do better with red meat, 
some other types of protein with a little bit of those uh, fruits and vegetables added in, as well as some um, um, refined carbohydrates. So I like white rice, uh, which may sound weird because white rice technically has no nutritional value, but uh, I just find that it's a cleaner for me and I don't react to it as much as I might react to some of the other types of rice. We like quinoa, we'll use cauliflower rice, we'll use some of the other pastas and whatever on occasion, but it's, it's rare and, and we don't use a lot of it. So mainly we have meat, a little bit of vegetables, a very small amount of starch, and that's pretty much what I do from a dietary standpoint that, that works for me. In addition, for so self-care, obviously I talked about some of the things I already do. I get a monthly massage. Uh, I find that my that body work is really important to me. I do a 90-minute massage just because 60 minutes just doesn't feel long enough. So I do 90 minutes once a month just to kind of work out my muscles and drain the lymph and kind of just do that body work in addition to, of course, getting some chiropractic adjustments. I find that that works really well for me to get my hips aligned, my knees, ankles, and so forth. I grew up in a chiropractic family. My dad is a chiropractor, so I grew up getting adjusted. And so that's just a lifestyle that I've always embraced and I find still serves me really well as I get in my mid forties. Now it allows me to kind of stay active and get out there and do that. So that's kind of what I do from a self care standpoint, in addition to the food and, and supplement strategy in a perfect world, I would love to utilize an infrared sauna, uh, more on a consistent basis. I think I've tried cryotherapy in the past. I think Float tanks are neat. So there's some cool things out there that I just don't utilize. Uh, certainly not on a consistent basis, but if you do, I think that's fantastic to do. And I encourage you to do that. So I pretty much do all those things I just mentioned. So there's a couple things that I do have a goal for in 2022. Uh, I've kind of alluded to it already. One was around alcohol. I can justify a glass of wine every single night. I can justify two glasses. I can justify a cocktail on a warm Sunday, you know, excuse me, warm sunny afternoon uh, on a Tuesday. Um, But I know I perform better if I don't drink every day. And so my goal for 2022 is Monday through Thursday, uh, I'm going to abstain from alcohol. Why only Monday through Thursday? Uh, because I want to be successful. <laughs> uh, I'm just being real with myself. Uh, I know as soon as Friday hits, Saturday hits, Sunday hits, uh, I'm probably not going to want to do that. I'll probably want to allow myself some more flexibility. But Monday through Thursday, I feel like I can make that. Monday through Wednesday for sure. Thursday is kind of my stretch goal. Um, just the way my schedule is set up, Thursday is kind of my Fridays with my wife, kind of the way we roll into the weekend. So it's very easy for me to treat a Thursday as a Friday. So, but I don't want to, I I want to kind of uh, stretch myself a little bit and make Monday through Thursday, no alcohol for, for, for me. The caveat to that, however, is my once a month, second F on a Tuesday. It happens to be on Tuesday. So I will probably still participate in that. But outside of that, I really expect myself to follow through with all that. The other thing I want to start doing is a little bit more intentional with meditation. So I pray, I journal, and all those things are great. Uh, I just have an interest in doing a little bit more mindfulness and meditation. And I've actually purchased, uh, you know, almost a year ago, a little device from a company called Muse, M-U-S-E, that actually you put on your forehead and it kind of reads brainwaves and how you think and 
guide you through these meditations and so forth. And it just sits in my desk. It, it sat in my desk for a year. Uh, I've dabbled with it once or twice, but I want to consistently start working with that. So my goal is to do that three days a week. And um, if I do more, great. But that's kind of my, my, my initial goal to do three days a week moving forward. A couple uh, physical challenges that I have. So I have participated in a handful of physical events, CSOPs, GTE. I've done some long uh, relay type runs uh, where I'm stacking up the miles. But I have never ran 27 miles consecutively in a row. And so one of the things that I want to do this year is run a marathon. So I had thought about doing that in the past, but kind of backed off of it, actually got injured training for a different event one time and just thought, you know what, maybe this style of exercise isn't for me. And so I backed off of it. And I kind of told myself that maybe the half marathon was more my sweet spot. So that's where I kind of resided. But now I'm circling the wagon, trying to find something that's going to push my limits. Really, it's about the mental uh, battle, I think, for me uh, to get all 27 back to back, not to want to quit after six, not to want to quit after 13 or 15 or 20, but push all the way through 27. There's something about that, I think, that um, I've never endured. And so I want to do that. So I'm, so the marathon is one thing. Now, in addition to that, I have some longer actually running events that I'm going to participate in, but it's just not necessarily consecutive. So the other challenge I want to do this year is the Goggins Challenge, which some of you may be familiar with. It's basically 48 miles in 48 hours, where every four hours you run four, four miles. And so I want to do that challenge this week or this year. And then I'm also committed to a six-person uh, Blue Ridge Relay team this year. So uh, for many of you, you may not be familiar with that race, but it is a over 200-mile run through the beautiful mountains of North Carolina and Virginia, and it is an opportunity to really kind of push your limits. And so if there's 36 legs, so if you divide that by six, it just gives each guy more legs. And so I'm looking in the 30s probably as far as how long, how many, how long I will run, but it's broken up over the course of, you know, uh, 24 hours. So I'm going to do that as well. And then I am planning on another GTE. So I've done a couple go rucks. Uh, I've done one GTE already. And so I'm looking forward to doing another one. So just kind of put that out there as far as um, some of the personal challenge I have this year. In addition to a handful of other things we got going around here locally, I got a, a race coming up in February that I'm doing. And of course, there's CSOPs and different things across the, um, you know, the regions that I participate in that well, I will participate in. But I wanted to kind of put some things on paper as far as uh, bigger challenges. And so for me, it's the marathon, it's the Goggins challenge and the six man BRR. And that's primarily because I hate running. And I find that that could be a real big um, push point for me uh, to really challenge myself to push myself to those limits. So that is my 2022 goals for health purposes. And uh, hopefully um, some of the things I shared today will resonate with you, things that you'll try, encourage you to try some of these things. And if, if it's not your cup of tea, then it's not your cup of tea. If you have questions about anything that I do, you know, please feel free to reach out to me, uh, bones at huntforwellness.com or on Slack at bones 
and I'll be happy to answer any and all questions that um, you may have. But uh, thanks for uh, indulging in my um, monologue here and allowing me to just share with you a little bit of what I do, uh, some of my goals and challenges. I wish every single one of you a successful 2022 health journey. Hopefully, Hump for Wellness podcast will be part of that. You guys will get great tips on the podcast moving forward, hearing some great inspiring stories to keep you motivated. But uh, in any case, uh, this has been Dr. Tunis Hunt guiding you on your hunt for wellness. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com on the nation Slack at Bones or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.